Welcome to Culture Crawl ATX Podcast. I'm your co-host, Michael Ward Jr. And this is Donald Scott II. I think that it's, it's important to recognize that we are in the midst of a coup that started long ago. When Trump came into office, he came into office saying that there was voting irregularities. And he started his tenure as president questioning the voting process. Now, we've seen the fake news. We've seen the attack on the media. We've seen the rise of white supremacy. We've seen him encourage, right? white supremacist behavior, including um, including when he said, you know, if you got to arrest somebody, rough them up a little bit. And then he said he was kidding. No, he wasn't. Just like he wasn't kidding about stand by and stand back. And someone asked in a thread, a separate thread, what, <laughs> what happened? What about the storming of the Capitol? makes, made her peer black person, uh, this peer that she knew who happened to be black, said that they felt another set of fear or an enhanced fear. And the question was, why do they, why, why does this individual feel a certain fear that they don't feel all the time? And my response was, they do feel that fear all the time. But we usually ignore it. But in this case, like it's a full on proper defined attempt to take or, con- or retain political control via violence, right? The president of the United States was outside of the Capitol on the day that they're certifying that he's no longer the president and had a massive gathering of people storm in to that building. That is the definition of a coup. And, and uh, thankfully the military, I don't know, I'm, 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 um, I'm torn on whether or not the military should actually be engaged to ensure that a coup doesn't happen because the coup happens with the blessing of the military, whether they're active or inactive, right? And I, I know that there's some questions about the National Guard. I haven't, I haven't done any, um, any follow-up reading on that. But then we have these other politicians, including Ted Cruz, right? And Hawley, who was in, in uh, Missouri, actively engaged, or these other Georgia ones, actively engaged in the conversation that the elections are fraudulent, even if there's voting irregularities, right? To get millions of people to vote, I'm sure that there's some irregularity. But Trump didn't win, nor was it a landslide as his tweets indicated right so there's all kinds of random shit going on and even now in the news they're not calling it uh a terrorist attack they are not talking about these protesters as 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 uh criminals as far as i can tell and trump should have been arrested because it is a coup and all of that then falls back on the citizens who have been under at least um, psychological assault since 
I actually I said since since Obama was running back in 2007 right race racism kind of spiked a little bit then we were led to believe that shit should be all good but then they started the birther thing and he never could get any of his policies done then we had Trump and Trump ran wild and now we have you know I mean like a (laughs) the storming of the Capitol that shit looked like a movie oh my god Mm -hmm. uh and I don't that and, right. and, you know, actually, the, the biggest thing, and now I'll be quiet. The biggest thing is, historically, anybody who's been reading books, any historians, anyone who's just recently read something about what, how you take over, right? Even if we go back to Hillary, Hillary Clinton said, he is a danger to democracy. People knew that. The Republican Party knows that these are intelligent people. They are not idiots. And now all of a sudden these cabinet members are um, uh, 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 resigning. They should all be in prison. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I am in 100% agreeing, agreeance with you, Donald. And as I looked at the news footage and articles and things coming out, I was like, wow. This is a direct attack on democracy because they are in D.C. at the Capitol pre- trying to prevent from the certification or is that the right word? The, the certifying the votes for Biden to win the election. And you mentioned if you ask any historian, if you look at, at any um, anything in history, if you want to take over power, these are one of the things that you will do. And that's exactly what they did. So when I look at this from, from our standpoint, now I realize that we are now transitioning from a black and white issue, right? A lot of times people are saying, oh, that, that America is racist and, and only, only the, the black people don't want racism and all the white people won't want racism. And that's not the case now, right? Now we're actually seeing, oh, it's individuals like Trump and other individuals that are not like Trump. Because the other individuals that are not like Trump, this is my opinion, have multiple different types of ideologies, right? You know, like even today, I'm not saying that there should be Republican and Democrat. Like for us to believe there's only two sides to democracy, that right there is an issue, but, that, but, but, but I digress. To bring it back to where we are today, here it is now, we have allowed someone who has, who is a danger to democracy empower or inspire individuals to feel like they have the the authority to do what they did. And now that we see through the way that the police handled them, the fact that they got that far, the fact that rubber bullets weren't used, tear gas wasn't used, no definite or no distinction between those that that were damaging property or, or, or taking um, different b- belongings from the, the capital and damaging things of that nature. When I look at all this, I just see the double standard between those that are looking to uphold democracy and the people's voices and the people's right to have power or have the transition of power from those that they believe they wanted to prevent that. So for you not to call the storming of the Capitol a coup or an insurgent is just wrong. And it shows the double standard that we have in our society between those that support the ideology of Trump and those that don't. 
because in the Black Lives Matter protests over these years and the protests for police brutality and the protests for economic um, justice, it wasn't just black people in those protests, right? It was black people and white people protesting against what is currently in office, right? And I'm not saying who, because, you know, Trump is just one person. It goes back to what you said, Donald, that's like, this is the ideology, right? This is the idea of what Trump stands for. And that is what now we are fighting against. We are fighting to truly save democracy. Hey, Michael, do you mind if I hop in for a sec? Of course, sir, go ahead. So I actually want to pull us even further back. Like the way I've I'm perceiving what's happening right now is not a, a past five years thing. If you follow people like Rush Limbaugh, the way they've been talking to their audience for decades is all to lead up to this kind of a point. The, if you study the language that they use, the language is always revolutionary. And so what's happening for the past you know, 10, 20, 30 years is a, a larger and larger set of the population of the United States is feeling as if though people, like maybe all four of us, are trying to steal the birthright, which, you know, in, in so many words, the birthright is white supremacy. We're trying to steal that from the rightful owners of this country. And Trump just gave a really good vehicle for all that hatred and anger to spew forth into what we saw. Um, so as much as I dislike Trump, <clears throat> I don't want to take away the blame from the vast array of people uh, who are cons like right-wing conservatives who've led to this point in time. Yeah, Trump sure. definitely is the one who incited this moment, like this his like historical moment. You know, the last time the Capitol was uh, attacked was 1812. Yeah. Um, so I, I wanted to add that for a little bit of context. Um, and and like you're saying, you know, I I, I spent a lot of time on Reddit. Uh, and maybe I have my, uh, more than my fair share of conservative friends like in my social networks. But what I'm seeing right now is a complete whitewashing of what happened yesterday. Mm. Uh, if you go to like conservative media, they're saying this pattern of violent rioting started last, you know, in June. <laughs> and what they're trying to do is, you know, take the, the struggle for, for racial justice and a fight against police brutality, which is killing people every single day. And compared to a fucking hissy fit that they're having that they lost an election fair and square. Mm -hmm. um, and, and then when you look at like what they did, like the, the language they're using right now is, oh, so like you liberals are upset that they sat on a chair. And that's not what it is. Yeah. You invaded the seat of power for the United States of America. Right. You, you stopped the peaceful transition of power, which is supposed to happen. And, you know, some, a news came out earlier today that the guy who was sitting at Nancy Pelosi's desk, yeah. he stole her laptop. And amidst the you know hundreds or thousands of people who invaded the Capitol, you know who knows who else was in that crowd and what motives they may or may not have had. Mm -hmm. And to compare like the struggle for justice to this national security threat and this uh, you know attack on our democracy, it's so absurd. And uh, you know we cannot let their influencers, the people in the in like the right wing media, you know convince the population that this is the same thing. It's, it's just so frustrating to see countries like uh, New Zealand and even to <laughs> Australia and like how they've been able to see the issue of like uh, we're in a pandemic, right? 
like why is why is this such a political distraction and I, I mean yes it's very very important it's just it, it 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 doesn't make sense to me we are all in one country and no one is making decisions for the better good for us you know and meanwhile there are hundreds of thousands of people dying and you have people who can't even agree if this thing if COVID is real <laughs> and it's all because of this president who doesn't realize the platform that he's created and the people who's co contributed to creating that platform of whatever weird legitimacy <laughs> that he might have which it, it's just so bizarre where like normal rational people can see right through just the self-interest of this presidency and this administration um, that it's clearly has no interest of the American people. It's self-serving, you know, making his friends richer. It's, it's so blatant, but yet we haven't been able to impeach him. We haven't been able to, like, the thing is we knew this was coming. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm honestly, like, I'm not even surprised this happened. He is so inflammatory but yet he still has a platform that is uncensored. Like who, where's his communication people? Where are the responsible people around him to keep him under control? They've always known he was a loose cannon, but like this is just astronomically irresponsible. And, and as someone who's lost their father through COVID in this pandemic, it's, doubly so that you know now the emphasis on trying to uh to flatten the curve has completely gotten diminished and overtaken by uh buffoonery in the political arena and it, it's <laughs> how do you have a rational conversation when it's when around that you know oh for sure and and as i just think about how how the media is portraying, not, not the entire media, right? So it's some individuals in the media, some, some politicians, some electors are trying to change the narrative of what happened yesterday, of what's going on in the pandemic. They're trying to, to you know, Sobrik used to wear, you know, whitewash, which I definitely agree. Um, and th this is, this is the, the place that we're in right now in society. But as I look through what needs to be done, you know, in the future, right, I think about Stacey Abrams and the work that she did in Georgia. I think about uh, Kamala Harris being the, the first elected uh, Black and Jamaican um, Black vice president. Um, and I think about the future that we cannot take our foot off the gas because the only reason why there is so much, there was so much power um, to allow this to happen is because us as a society was not as engaged as we need to be. The other politicians that are trying to counter what's going on didn't have you know, their, their power on their end because in order for us to actually prevent this type of, of insurgence and coup and complete disrespect for democracy, we need people on all different levels, on all uh, on from up, down, you know, right, left. We need people 
everywhere speaking the same ideology and understanding like who we are as a nation. But we can't do that if we're not leveraging the same data points, if we're not telling the same story, and if we're not fighting for the same cause as we see what's going on in our society today. So as I just think back, you know, what transpired this week, what is going to happen on the 20th, right? Because I know from, from many, I think maybe two or three different um, outlets I saw that the people that were there at the Capitol, they said, oh, we're going to be back, right? We're going to be back red rifles, right? This is not the end. So there is people that are, that, that truly believe that white supremacy is what America is supposed to be. And they are fighting to keep that because they realize they're, they're loose, uh, they're realize they're losing their grip on power. And it's just political power, right? Because let's be honest, if you are a white person today, you most likely have a lot more money than the black, indigenous people of color that's in America, right? Because of slavery and because of all the resources and access you had from history. So now you have economic power, you are losing social power because of the uprising of Black Lives Matter, the uprising of, of, of even white moderates going over more to the liberal side, right? So now because we're seeing the social power being diminished and the focus on police brutality, and now we're talking about racism, now it's getting into political power. So now they realize that the grip on power is being lost on these three components, economics, they still got economics, but social and political, now it's a fight, it's like fight or flight, right? And we're seeing them fight and they're fighting real. And I'm unsure what's going to happen in the next couple of weeks, but I know this is not the end all be all. And even with Biden in power and Kamala Harris in power, like it's still not over, right? So we still have to make sure that we are fully engaged as people that we need to hold individuals accountable. And I'm not just talking about the, the, the attack that happened on the Capitol, but also with actual punishment that needs to happen from individuals that are still engaging in police brutality. Like this is just shows you that we have a long way to go and we need politicians, we need Americans, we need citizens, we need community leaders, we need everyone to step up to the plate and really do their part in their role, in their city, in their state, to make sure that something like this doesn't happen again. And if it does, there is actual accountable measures to make sure justice is served. Because right. the double standard is what, in my opinion, really gets other individuals in society. The fact that here it is, you're trying to compare someone who broke into the Capitol, stormed the Capitol with a, a protest, right? You're trying to compare someone who was fighting for human rights and fighting for equality when people went inside the Capitol and stole property and damaged federal, federal property. And if I remember correctly, didn't Trump tweet at one point in time that if people damage anything federal, they should be locked up and arrested? So where is that same verbiage and language with the Proud Boys and individuals that were protesting a couple of days ago. Well, I'm not sorry, protesting, but were fighting for the right to this revolution, right? Because the word revolution was was used. Yeah, no, 100%. And uh, j just for everyone who's listening, uh, Mike, Michael, you mentioned um, January 20th. Uh, there's also a national planned march on state capitals for January 17th. So, uh, you know, I'm in Austin right now, and uh, they're already you know, planning armed marches all over the U.S. to basically try and intimidate uh, our leaders to giving them what they want, which is control. And as you put it, 
political power, which they're losing. See, and then when, when I hear that, the thing that comes to mind is like this, right? I, I know that I have a role as a citizen, right? I have a role as a citizen, but then also as a community leader, because I'm very involved in community. But then I also look at the politicians. It's like, okay, politicians, you understand the law better than I do, because well, I'm assuming, let me, let me backtrack. I'm assuming you understand the law better than I do. So with that, like, you know, what is the ultimate strategy to end this, right? You know, what is the ultimate strategy to actually get um, Trump out of power? What is the ultimate strategy to prevent this intimidation? Because things like that, like for me, I'm thinking about, you know, my family members that are saying, oh, I got to make sure I'm armed and ready. I got to make sure I protect myself when ultimately, like, we shouldn't have to do that, right? We should only have to do that if a foreign nation is invading our country. That is when we're supposed to be taking arms or when there's a civil war. And right now, we are on the verge of a, we are at a civil war. I'm gonna call it a cold war um, since we are not, since there is no um, identified side or identified battle line. So I'm gonna say a cold war, but we are moving in that direction. Yeah, unfortunately, I think you're right. And uh, ever since, uh, you know, the attack, I have been thinking like, what is the, like, what do we do? Showing up with, you know, armed ourselves, you know, will provocate escalation. But like, and I, I don't even see this necessarily as a, like, there's some political answer. It seems like the only thing is like, there needs to be a community answer where mm. even that seems like so feeble. What, I've really been stumped by this. What about the hesitancy to call this domestic terrorism? It completely is. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> it's. I mean, I think it, it. It starts by calling a duck a duck. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it, it, it's that, and and really condemning the behavior of the of these people, and really making it known that the rest of us uh, the more reasonable folks or the majority of the country does not condone that type of behavior that this is a real outlier group um of extremists that doesn't necessarily reflect the whole of or the majority of american values or i mean it, it's it's hard to say that phrase american values because what are they um you know, <laughs> just on a human decency level, you know, it's just um, mind boggling. It, it, I mean, just the hypocrisy of, of <laughs> police taking selfies with protesters or no, sorry, not even protest people, the urgent, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's blatant you you can see the difference blatantly between the protest peaceful protest during the summer and this coup that barely you know people got barely maced in the face you know and and they were coming with completely armed and with ill intent and it could have gotten a lot worse um had they been a different group. Mm -hmm. I, I had to take a um, call, so I may repeat a couple things if I missed out on it, my apologies. But uh, one thing I was saying to another group is, the only reason we didn't have executions is because the group that stormed the Capitol wasn't organized. 
Right. But the fact that they brought out gallows means that they understand the significance of what they were doing. Right. Right. That's one. Two, <laughs> the this, is, this is controversial, okay, what I'm getting to say. But uh, going back to the book on the Cubans and what happens when you have a violent, uh, violent revolution is that executions happen. Like anybody who was behind the, the, the other person uh, either died or fled, right? So when, a pre when one of the presidents of Cuba has now been overthrown, that dude goes to Miami, New York, Venezuela, somewhere, right? They bounce because right. they cannot be there. Right. And, and, and their soldiers get murdered. Right. Okay. We have statues of Confederates in the United States all over the place, right? We celebrate them in the United States. They are defended today in the United States. That means that the Confederacy is here. So the people who stormed the Capitol are Confederates. Right. We, that is our, like the Civil War was fought for a reason, but the Civil War never really was, uh, the Confederacy didn't lose because they weren't executed. As a matter of fact, the Confederacy became the president, right? As far as I, if I'm, if I'm recalling. Mm -hmm. So, so a couple years later, right? It's not even, let's see. I don't know how many years ago it was, but given that civil rights just happened, right? Reconstruction was 12 years, maybe. You know, it's, it's almost been an unbroken chain of these events. So when the police are taking pictures with their friends, yeah. right? It's right. because the police are the Confederacy. Now, not all, oh, but you the mean, ones you mean who the previous are supporting them. You know what I mean? So like, I... I, I <laughs> I'm not terribly surprised. And, and uh, you know, the mention of Rush Limbaugh. I listened to Rush Limbaugh when I drove from North, from California to North Carolina. I listened to him on the entire trip. I had never listened to Rush Limbaugh before, but he was on AM radio and, and worked <laughs> the entire cross country trip. Wow. And after listening to him, I, I firmly believe that Lois Lerner was a criminal and that Obama was hiding something. And then I turned on the news and it was not a real story. It wasn't even an important story. And as a matter of fact, whatever he was saying was lies. Mm. But who would have known? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I didn't know who Rush Limbaugh was. That dude got the Medal of Freedom. Yeah. So, so like, is that really what? <laughs> yeah, you know, John, I think we have to go. So like the question is, does the majority of Americans believe that? Um, here's the question that I had, and I'm not sure what it answers, but for example, in Georgia, the, the vote is split 50-50, right? But the question is, is the voting population representative of the demographic? Oh, right. That's true. 
Because oh. if it is, that means that 50% of the people are Confederates. Right. Well, you know, th that's a really good point, right? And we, so, you know, Reverend Warnock protested at the Capitol for a the ACA, arrested. Uh, a Puerto Rican woman rushed into the Capitol, uh, arrested. Veterans of the Iraq War protested at the Capitol, arrested. You mentioned how, like, a lot of these law enforcement officers or whatever, you know, they were, they are the same people. And that's the thing. The American system is really good at completely shutting down any movement it does not want, right? Like I, I used to live in Philadelphia. The government bombed neighborhoods in Philadelphia because black people in Philadelphia made the government feel uncomfortable, right? right? Like if you do something that stands up to the, the ruling class, MLK was assassinated, Right. Right. They don't mess around. And so when you see these photos of like, you know, they're kind of parting the way of like the, the gates to let the people in, they're taking selfies, like it leaves no doubt in your mind if you're not one of these adult people who thinks they're like revolutionaries, that they're not, they're like on the same side. Right. It's not, they're not like, you know, like what you're saying, like you're right. The Confederacy never disappeared. It's kind of like how the Nazis never really disappeared. They just came to the US and became our scientists. Right, yeah, or Argentina. Right, it's the same yeah, thing. Argentina, yeah, buddy. <laughs> now he's starting up some shit, but okay. <laughs> no, you know what? But all he's doing is quoting history, right, and facts, as if like people don't know history and facts. But this is exactly what transpired. So I completely agree with you, Sadrik. The government, like the United States, till this day, is still one of the most powerful countries in the world. And if we want to prevent something, we can do it if we really want to. So here it is, and Donald, you and I have talked about this before, how the Confederacy is still here. We still have those statues. So then as I'm thinking about these dissolution, and, and mind you, I, I do want to be very clear that not all Republicans are, are Confederates, right? I do believe there's a lot of people who just go with the flow just because they've been doing it for X amount of years and that's it. They haven't been given any thoughts or they don't want to, but they are afraid of being chastised or being or being away from the party. And like, that's a whole nother conversation. Mm -hmm. But with the Confederates that are here, yes, they became slave catchers. Those slave catchers turned into cops. Those cops now are here doing the same exact thing and, and allowing their friends to do whatever their friends need to do to control power or control as much power as possible. Right. So the only thing that's coming to mind right now, which is, which is unfortunate, is a purge. But you can't do a purge of everyone that's a Confederate because they have been now hidden in our society. So now Confederates aren't called Confederates. They could be called something else. And I'm not just saying next to a Republican, but in general, they have a different name, a different face. So now, yeah, so now the, the players have changed. So because the players have changed, the war is different. And because the war is different now, it's, it's more difficult to fight an enemy you cannot see. And even if we... Even if our, we are able to address some of the, of the Confederates, right, or individuals that don't want to uphold uh, democracy, there are still people being taught to, to this day that America is white America. Right. And, and for us to eliminate that ideology, that's not going to happen in, in a president's term. That's not going to happen in a decade. That right there is going to take years and years to undo because it took them years and years to get to the point where we are today. Right. 
Yeah. And it took a pandemic for people to sit down and really understand and say, yeah, this is happening. To not just be like, no, no, not really. And then go to the next thing. They had to sit down and pay attention and it's in their face and they had to reconcile with it. Um, it's inescapable and it's something that they had to be forced to really see. And it's just, it's just really interesting that, um, you know, I'm an 80s baby and, you know, coming up in school, oh, uh, you could be anything you want. You, you know, you could be the next president, even though statistically it's impossible, you know, that everyone could be the president. It's just that the it's like this disillusionment of everything that we've been saying America is. And now the, the, the masks have been ripped off, so to speak. And now it's like, it's a desperate uh, drive to try to put the mask back on. I, I mean, here in Georgia with the, you know, with the Senate runoffs, um, all the commercials, you know, you can clearly, you can see the difference between uh, Reverend Warnock's uh, commercials and Kelly Loeffler's. And it, it was Kelly's was just completely about mudslinging uh, Raphael uh, Warnock and throwing about the word, the buzzword, um, radical, radical, radical. And all of that, it's just propaganda. And it's, it's I mean, we all know Trump is a demagogue, right? He, 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 he hearkens <laughs> so much of Nazi, Nazi Germany and, and how this character rose to power. And it's happened and it's like, it, it's, it's happened a number of times through history, but yet we still don't learn from it. And when, you know, I even used the word revolution, not in this context, but when the pandemic first hit and, you know, the protests were happening last summer, it felt like a revolution in terms of the country really reconciling its past, admitting its present, and hopefully working towards a new future. But maybe maybe within revolution, it's the discourse that has to happen um, during in order for, for the change really to be implemented in the end. And I'm, I, I actually, I don't know which, which way it's gonna go. It's, it's nerve wracking. Um, it's hard to, to be optimistic, even though, you know, now that we, now, now that the, you know, we turned the, the House and the Senate in the presidency, um, how do we get to a place of bipartisanship and just be Americans again, <laughs> you know, and just have this, these, this one country with all these issues that we're all trying to tackle and come to a better agreement and, it just seems like it's all this infighting. And because of that, there's no, there's no one at the wheel to really drive this thing. You know, it just, like what progress are we making so far, you know?
Yeah, I think uh, especially on the on following up on that topic of progress, like when when that question's asked and someone questions the progress, right? I was thinking to myself, um, well, or just talking about it, right? It's like what what did our parents have to go through? What did their parents have to go through? And then depending on where your parents are from, you reach slavery. <laughs> and uh, and I was thinking to myself. Right, I, I went downstairs to get a, a, a breath of air. I was like, damn, this is so hard. I'm feeling however I'm feeling. And then I had the thought like, <laughs> what could it have been like to be enslaved? I just cannot imagine. Like right. what type of, of, what is your, because we're people, right? Mm -hmm. It's not like enslaved humans were different type of people. They had hopes and dreams. They had thoughts, right? They, they saw reality mm -hmm. as it is. <sighs> so there's progress, right? I'm not enslaved. <laughs> right. However, however, mm -hmm. I'm not free either. Right. And so, so the question is, what is the definition of freedom and can you do it here in the United States? Like I, I've been trying, I, I believe, I believe that I am probably a capitalist because I am a consumer. If I could let my stuff go, right? If I could, if I could actually see myself on a farm or see myself not with two cars and a backyard and all this bullshit, mm -hmm. I'd leave. Right. But but I cannot leave. And because I can't, I believe because I feel that I cannot leave, that means I am more invested in being here mm. than I am in not being here. Right. And so now the question is, am I? hypocritical, right? I'm, I'm talking about myself, right? Mm -hmm. Am I being a hypocrite? Mm -hmm. Because I could probably go, you know what I mean? I could buy one way ticket to somewhere else, mm -hmm. but, but inside of that American dream conversation, which, which we've talked about, and I, I think it was brought up here, like the, the, the disconnect between what's true and what's not true. Mm -hmm. If I were to leave, mm -hmm. then, I'm, then I would be questioning, well, why did I go? It's not any better than where I am. But what is the definition of better if, if I'm not as stressed, I'm not scared to be in my house, right? right? I'm not fearful of ignorance. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm sure ignorance is everywhere, but ignorance as a function of American racism, mm -hmm. right? Um, mm -hmm. Oh, I don't know. I, don't I know. mean, it's, 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 man, it's different ways of life, right? Like, being a female in America, right? It's a different, really different experience and with a different set of uh, standards, right? Of, and, and also just the way of life, um, right? We're taught, especially here in America, the singular path of a good life, right? This definition of American life, you know, it's what brought all these immigrants here, you know, including my mother. It's the promise of a, you know, of, of prosperity and just 
the hope that you have more autonomy over over your success but that all was under an illusion because you know we have this you know the paperwork of what how we say it works and then how it actually works you know what I mean and it's like that disconnect um it's very much um it's very much like there's always going to be different standards for different people culturally whatever gender wise nothing equality is always I think uh, is always going to be a a a challenge between any groups that are different and and so really it's understanding and trying to not make that inequality or that unfairness based on something so arbitrary as skin color or something so you know like we we say we're in a a meritocracy right if you work hard if you do this if you do that you can do anything and that's simply not true and so i i think there's also an authenticity that we have to uh commit to um so that we're not raising these expectations and raising our children to have these expectations and to have this kind of entitlement yeah this entitlement where we're saying that oh the law works like this this is how the world works but really it doesn't we're not we're not helping ourselves and we're not helping you know the future generation at all and so just the honesty of it i think right now is what we're facing and the more diversity to mitigate certain biases i think will ultimately hopefully put us more on a a more inclusive society where you know i don't have to you know worry about i mean i think i'm always going to be worried as a single female you know you know, getting robbed or, you know, being a victim of some sort of violence just because I'm a single woman. That's a lot, that's a lot, my lot in life. Um, And, but the fact that I'm a black woman shouldn't factor in whether this cop is going to give me a ticket or not. You know what I mean? It's just that the, 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 mechanisms of the unfairness it's more warranted and not assigned to people yeah i i definitely hear what you're coming from jennifer and there's a couple of things i'm gonna say to address you and and donald so oh man the the first thing is you mentioned you know inclusion right and that goes back to being american I'm not necessarily saying that if you that the only way you could be an American is if you're born here. No, I'm just talking about this idea of an American. An American is someone who protects America and upholds um, um, American culture and American ideologies, right? And I know there's a whole bunch of different ideologies in there because America itself is a melting pot. But what that means to me is that we are protecting everyone in America, right? (laughs) So whatever protection you need because you're in America, we're going to make sure you get that. Why? Because you're in a human. Because you are a human. And you are a human that's living in America. 
So with this attack on the capital, this attack on democracy, the first thing should be, hey, someone attacked America. Let's go make, let's go uh, punish, arrest, and let's make sure those that attacked America do not attack America again. Just like we've done in the past with the War of 1812, we've done in the past with, with other foreigners, we've done in the past the same exact thing I'm you know, asking for us to do today. We need to think about America as being all of ours instead of it being just a certain sex segment of the population. That's mm -hmm. the first thing that I will say around the inclusion piece of it. And with that, now it goes back to, okay, how are our police supposed to interact with Americans? Not a black American, not a white American. Well, I'm sorry, there's no such thing as a white American. There's only black American, Asian American, Hispanic American, but, a, but white American is actually the default that we don't actually talk about. That needs to be addressed, right? We need to just have Americans. So that way, when a cop kills a American, they are punished because a cop is not supposed to kill an American regardless of what they look like, regardless of who they are, because they are an American. Right. And now to pull in Donald and what Donald said about, you know, how can we be free in America? I would say yes, but not the current America that we have, right? That's why I have plans to be in politics eventually. I know that other people in my network are also have plans to be in politics. So we need to change the system that is in place so we can truly be free. And as I look through you know, my education, so I went to school at UNC, so Tar Heels all day, and I double majored in political science and global studies. And till this day, I have, I really think back through my teachings and see, did we say that capitalism was a political system? Until this day, I remember, you know, clearly that capitalism was actually never a political system. It's an economic system. But somewhere, and even when I look out of Google, it says capitalism is economic and a political system. Because we have that definition, I think that's where, Donald, you get, what's the word, uh, you feel like hypocritical, right? Because you want, you want to be able to value profit, you want to invest in the industry, you want to do capitalism things, but you're not thinking of capitalism as the way we should govern our society, right? You're thinking about capitalism, tell me, tell me if, if I'm wrong here, Donald, I don't want to pour words in your mouth. But I would say, like, you're thinking of capitalism as what's best for you and your family to protect yours, but not how we should govern as a nation, because capitalism should not dictate, and, and it shouldn't, shouldn't dictate what the state do, right? That right there is where I believe the issue come in. And then when I think about myself, the fact that I got started inside the tech space, I call myself a social entrepreneur, but I do not have a for-profit company. I have a non-profit company. So here it is, I am operating my nonprofit company from a capitalist point of view, but what I do for the community is humanitarian, is democratic, right? It, it, it's somewhat socialist, but it's not capitalist. And I think that is where the distinction is between economic systems and political systems. And we have allowed the economic system to infiltrate our political system way too much. And the last thing that I'll say on this is that the way that I believe that we actually address this is those employers, those companies that actually have the capital, that actually have the might, where are the Democrats or the, 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 the Democratic people or those that actually believe in democracy in those capitalist systems? You need to step up and control 
the 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 society. You need to control what's happening and do your part, right? You know, do your part for what you're doing, like what Twitter just did. So shout out to Twitter for mm-hmm. officially banning um, Trump. Shout yeah. out to Facebook for Facebook. officially banning Trump, right? Like like these are things that from a from my capitalist, if you want to say capitalist, this is the things that you could do to influence society in in, in a better way, right? Versus sitting back, saying nothing, going dark for X months. It's like, no, man, use your voice, use your power, but use it for democracy. Don't use it strictly for capitalism. Right. I absolutely agree with that. Yeah. And on that note, we're going to close out of Culture Crawl ATX podcast. We thank you so much for listening. And we ask that you take this time to follow Culture Crawl ATX on Instagram and click that like button and follow on your favorite podcast listening platform.